Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Here they come to the stripe. Richard Petty's STP Oldsmobile. Waltrip dives to the inside. Petty almost put him off in the grass, and Richard Petty will win. Yeah, I mean, he's the best racer ever was. Most wins. It's Richard Petty by a foot. Petty wins his 200th career NASCAR victory. Well, without Richard Petty, where would the sport be? He's a king. Petty is sliding, slamming into the wall. He's coming down toward the finish line. Will he make it? Motor Racing Network presents Richard Petty, Road to Royalty. The winner of the World. World 600, Richard Petty. He's always got something funny to say, always got a story. Ladies and gentlemen, this crowd is going wild at Daytona as Petty takes the checkered flag and wins. From the Motor Racing Network studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our Richard Petty Road to Royalty series. Coming up the big weekend in Daytona, we're moving into part two of the series with Richard's Kingdom at the World Center of Racing. A Richard's 200 wins. Daytona only counts for 10 of them, but it's the importance of those 10 wins, seven of them being in the Daytona 500, that makes it his kingdom. Richard first set his eyes on Daytona back in 1959 when his dad, Lee Petty, won the inaugural Daytona 500. Nobody ever seen anything like two and a half mile racetrack. And uh, went through the tunnel, the thing looked like it was first and second corner, looked like it was 10 miles down there. But anyhow, my dad went, went ahead and won the race that year. And, for some reason, we just fit into that that time. It was the first race of the year. Most time, it was brand new cars, and I don't know. We we sat down and figured a little bit better than the, some of the other people, and then we had a lot of good luck too. Don't get me wrong. No other track was as exciting as Daytona in Richard's mind. Kyle, Richard's son, says Daytona was as much his dad's place as it was the France family's place. I think he always looked at that place to say, "This is." I know NASCAR has been around. But in 59, when they opened the gates of this place, this is when NASCAR really took off. And my dad still, he, he talked about it forever. When they come up through that tunnel and he saw that racetrack, he thought, God, I love this place. Had never been out on the racetrack, had never just seeing it for the first time. And, and he's 80 years old, and he still gets that feeling. When you talk to him, he still loves to roll through that tunnel at Daytona. You know, my granddad won the first race there. But my dad realized that was the place. That was the place. If you could win at Daytona, then, you know, they call you a Daytona 500 champion. That's the only race they call you a champion. Everywhere else, you're just a race winner. But at Daytona, you're a Daytona 500 champion. It would be several years before Richard found victory lane there, though. In 1964, using a new racing version of the Hemi engine, the 43 led 184 of the 200-lap race, changing Richard's career. Three or four years, four or five years, I'd never won a super speedway. Went to Daytona and won the fastest and the biggest race there was. The Hemi just set my career into, into orbit, I guess, because uh, we were able then to go on and win a bunch of big races. And uh, even though we'd won some races before, th this was the one that really, you know, really got it all started. Winning seven Daytona 500s is pretty impressive, a feat no one else has gotten even close to. But Richard's relationship with the track goes beyond that. 
Some of the most exciting finishes in Daytona history had the red and petty blue STP at the forefront. Richard Petty takes the outside. He's got Darrell Waltrip close behind. Two car lanes back to A.J. Foyt. Richard Petty takes it into the trioval. He's got the advantage right now. Here they come to the stripe. Richard Petty's STP Oldsmobile. Waltrip dives to the inside. Petty almost put him off in the grass. And Richard Petty will win the Daytona 500. The Petty crew jumping up and down on pit road, congratulating each other. The 1979 Daytona 500 is history. Me and... uh... Darrell Waltrip and uh, A.J. Ford was racing for third place. Caution light came on, and we didn't know where where it was at, but we knew, you know, we had to race back to the flag, even though it was a checkered flag. We had to, whoever was got back first was going to beat our little crowd. And uh, the deal was we didn't know any. We was racing down the back streets. We'd done everything we could to beat each other, and I was a little bit better than they were, so so I was running third. And then, like you say, we, we looked down the infield, and uh, there sits number one and number two car, and all we had to do then is get back to the start finish line. One of the most memorable Daytona moments was a race Richard didn't win. It was a last lap battle. Richard Petty, David Pearson, the 43 against the number 21. David Pearson has the lead going into turn number three. As they hit the banking, they're three abreast with a lap car. Pearson moves in front of the STP Dodge. Petty comes back to the inside. They almost touch as they move down low in the banking. They're going to be side by side as they exit the bank and head for the finish line. Richard Petty goes back in front. They both spin. They're in the wall. Petty is sliding, slamming into the wall. He's coming down toward the finish line. Will he make it? He's still moving. The car stops 300, 400 feet shy of the finish line. Pearson is still running. Here's Petty trying to fire to come across the line. David Pearson moving down through as they come to the stripe. The winner is car number 21. It's going to be, I believe, Pearson's victory. You'll just have to wait and see. You know, I knew he was going to pass me. Uh, I knew that David would get a draft and go down the backstretch, but uh, and I also knew that, or thought I'd, I could get back by him in three and four, and uh, kind of hit a little bit and had a big spin out. So, no, I wasn't worried about him. I knew where the start-finish line was, and I was just trying to get my car across the start-finish line. And uh, I think I stopped about 50 yards short and then it bogged down and wouldn't get cranked up. So uh, we was that close to winning another. Probably made it more exciting race that way than it would if I'd have went ahead and won or he'd have went ahead and won. David Pearson had the opposite reaction after the crash. He was very concerned where Petty was in regards to the finish line. Yeah, I completely stopped. I was uh, crossways right there at the pit road, you know. And, in fact, the way my right front was, I had to back up and turn left instead of turning right and go to the start and finish line. I had to make a circle to go left and go that way. Well, I didn't know where he'd made or not. Of course, uh, when I was spinning, uh, so much smoke and stuff going, they said I asked them then, where's Richard, where's Richard? You know, because I didn't know exactly where he was at, you know, because I couldn't see him. It would be the only Daytona 500 David Pearson won and the Daytona 500 that Richard says he talks about more than any other. Richard's seventh victory in the Super Bowl of NASCAR came in 1981 when Bobby Allison had dominated, leading more than half the race. And somehow, Richard took the lead and won after not leading all day. The Petty Dynasty marches on at Daytona International Speedway. Richard Petty high up against the wall, coming off turn four, looking for the checkered flag. Richard Petty picks his way out of that corner, drops down to the apron of the track to give everybody else a little racing room. And ladies and gentlemen, this crowd is going wild at Daytona as Petty takes the checkered flag and wins the 23rd annual Daytona 500. Richard's cousin and crew chief Dale Inman says of all the 200 wins, the 1981 Daytona 500 holds a special place. You know, all of them have been very special, of course, the seven championships and all that. But uh, 
you know, if I had to pick one, I'd have to pick the 81 Daytona 500. I think we, I think we took a car that that probably wasn't supposed to win and kind of pulled it out of the, <laughs> pulled a rabbit out of the hat that day. And uh, I guess Bobby Allison still gives me a hateful look over that one every once in a while, you know. But uh, it was kind of give to us, and we just took advantage of it. But the 80, 81 Daytona 500 was pretty special to me. And then there's the 200th win. Of all the places Richard could have won to get that number, of course, it came at the World Center of Racing. They will have to complete the final two under caution to make it official if Petty can come around and complete the final two laps. Assuming there's no damage to his car from bouncing back and forth with Yarborough, he'll win his 200th career NASCAR race. Just unreal. These thousands of fans who are here today have seen history made at Daytona with Richard Petty, if this holds up, as he came across the line by, as you said, it was so close to where I was looking, I really couldn't tell. Had to be a photo finish if they finish under caution, and apparently they will. Here is Petty coming out of turn number four, and the fans are cheering him on as he comes down to the line. Harold Kinder displays the checkered flag for Richard Petty. The STP Pontiac will be going to victory lane, and it will be Petty's 200th career NASCAR Winston Cup victory. A mark that, well, when Petty won his 100th race several years ago, they asked him what his, his next goal would be, and he says, well, to win 200. Well, you know, it just had to be a very special day. July the 4th, the president United States, uh, Reagan was there. Uh, you know, he's out campaigning. I'm out campaigning trying to win a race. And uh, we come wind up uh, winning the race on the very last green flag lap, uh, racing back to the flag with Kale. And, uh, you know, that, that made it dramatic, whether it was the 200th or what, but it was our 200th. And uh, then with the President of the United States being there and uh, going up and getting interviewed by him. And then uh, when it was all over with uh, all the crews and stuff, got to eat. Uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken with him so you know just down home deal and it, it worked out it was really really good for us and him I guess because uh, you know uh, he got us on the front page and we got him in the sports page so uh, <laughs> it was it was a good trade-off from that standpoint. Jeff Gordon who's third on the all-time win list with 93 says no one will touch Richard's 200 wins and that's proof to how good he was. No matter how you compare it it's extremely impressive and it'll never be accomplished uh, again. When you look at race wins and the number of races per year that we have, you know, it, it, I think that it's it's really impossible to accomplish the 200 wins, uh, and, and it'll never be done. And, and when you now that I'm in the TV booth and we start going through stats of wins at tracks and wins in a row, wins per season, I don't care how you look at it and and you know try to compare what Richard did is just unbelievable unbelievable because he had plenty of fierce competition that uh that could have stopped him from from winning that many races but they were just that good he was that good join us again next tuesday as we move on to part three in our richard petty road to royalty series we'll be talking about richard's dominance in the 1967 season and how he created the greatest season Until then, for the Motor Racing Network, I'm Mike Beck. Richard Petty, Road to Royalty, is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the description and accounts contained in this broadcast must be with the express written consent of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. 
Larson brings his Chevy four tires to no-go racing fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top-tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak.